This morning, our sermon is, a uh, lesson is going to be adapted from a, a sermon by Eric Gray. He is a youth minister, uh, or was at one time, at Creekwood Church of Christ in Mobile, Alabama, and I always like to give credit where credit is due. Uh, I personally don't uh, always have the ability to uh, come up with these lessons, and I thought this was a, a very good and uh, much-needed lesson for us this morning. I want to take take you all back kind of a little bit back in time this morning uh, for a little bit and kind of give our young people a, a history lesson, uh, a little bit of a history lesson as we as we begin this morning. Uh, last week, uh, last Saturday, I had the privilege of going with my brother and my mom and dad. We, we took a trip to Arkansas for a family reunion, and that's something that we've done uh, for as long as I can remember, I, some of my earliest memories in, in childhood have come from uh, those trips that we would take, and I always enjoyed being with family. And uh, of course, we have family here in Alabama and, and quite a bit, but I've got cousins in Florida, I've got cousins in Texas, and cousins in Arkansas, and those are the cousins that we didn't get to see a whole lot. So I enjoyed uh, our time together when we would we would come together at these family reunions and and spend that time together. And uh, as we would gather, we would reminisce about, uh, or the adults would reminisce about old times. I've become an adult now, so this past Saturday, I got to reminisce about old times instead of sitting at the children's table. It had been quite a while since we had been there. I think 2006 was the last time that I had attended one of those, and I had really missed those uh, opportunities. But one thing was always the same. Every time we would have a reunion, at some point in time, somebody would, would bring out a camera and would begin to take pictures. And we took pictures because those are times in our lives that, that we wanted to immortalize. Those are times that we wanted to remember. Uh, and th those pictures uh, would take that particular moment in time and would preserve it and, and will continue to preserve it as long as that ink will stay on that picture. So years down the road, we can look back and, and uh, have those fond memories of the times that we spent together with our family members. Uh, and I don't know, uh, pictures have become something that have become a part of everyday life. When I was younger, it was a little more difficult. You can remember the Polaroid cameras that you could take a picture and you would instantly get that picture. And after you shook it for a while, uh, you would have that, uh, that photo. But most of the time, people would use film that you would have to put into a camera and load, and, and you would have to take pictures. You had no clue what that picture was going to turn out to be like until you, you, uh, you went to Walmart or you went to your local, local drugstore or something, and you dropped those film off and sent them off, and there was always that, uh, that sense of anticipation and that sense of joy that you got when the day came that those pictures were back, and you got to look at them and see what exactly... Uh, the photo looked like, what, what your memory down the road was going to be. And pictures are very important to us in our lives. Picture frames are also very important to our lives. Sometimes they are just as important, if not more so, than the actual picture that's inside that frame. You see, what frames do is frames decide what we're going to see. They decide what we're going to include they decide what we're going to exclude from certain things. You know, you choose what you focus on, and, and that's all held together in that picture frame. Uh, a lot of the photos that we've taken over the years, we, we kind of uh, put those in albums or we put them in boxes or we just left them in the envelope that, 
that they came in from, from Walmart or the drugstore or wherever we picked those photos up. My mom, she always ordered double prints because she was going to have one for herself and, and she thought she might need to give one to someone else. So she always had those extras on hand. Nowadays, when we take pictures, we're able to see that picture immediately. We're able to decide whether or not that picture is worthy of having. We can delete it. We can take another one just like it. We can, we can take all kinds of pictures. We store those on our phones. Uh, we store those on our computers. On, I have flash drives at home that, that have pictures on it. Christy comes to me from time to time and says, I can't take any more pictures. So we hook her phone up to the computer and we offload all of those photos from her camera onto the computer. And then we go buy a new computer because that one's full. And uh, we, we tend to take a lot of pictures. Uh, there's probably not an event in our lives that, that happened today that we will not be able to remember in some way because of those pictures. And young people, you'll never uh, experience the, the fear and anxiety of picture day at school, of having to walk in and, and stand in line smiling while you're waiting to sit down to have your picture taken because that photographer was running them through like cattle at a sale, and you were just hoping that, that you were smiling or you didn't have your eyes closed because in, in days when I was in school, that picture was what it was. There was no second chance. But you choose what you focus on in life, and, and all of the things that we focus on in life are held together by a frame. Have you ever heard of, of a term called cognitive framing? Cognitive framing is a... Uh, is something that we experience often on a daily basis. And it's very similar to picture frames. It's, it's framing a statement in life. It's, it's framing what we're saying. And, and the way that we frame a statement that we say, the way that we frame uh, the things that we're trying to, to get across to other people uh, is cognitive framing. Uh, there are a few ways that we experience this on a daily basis. Advertisers, they uh, use cognitive framing uh, all the time. You know, their products that they are trying to sell us are framed as something that we just absolutely cannot live without. Uh, if they were not so, I think we would much more easily be able to, to pass those things up. Um, there, we've actually uh, seen through research, uh, there was a college that had done some research on, on registrations. And there was a $20 late fee that was added to a late registration. So if, if you registered after a certain date, uh, you had to pay a $20 late fee. 93% of the students at that school would register early to avoid the late fee as opposed to 67% that would register early when it was presented as a discount instead of a late fee. So as humans, we hate paying late fees. We hate paying more than we have to. So uh, advertisers will use things like this in cognitive framing to get us to, to focus on their product in, in the way that they want us to. News sites, they, they use cognitive framing every day. And, and we uh, it's funny that we say news sites. We used to say news channels or news stations or news things, something like that. But nowadays, we all have that cell phone. We all have social media. We're looking at, at news sites. It's always about those hot button issues, those clickable issues. It's always about putting the right wording in to make you click on that and see all the advertisements that's going to pop up in front of you when you do that. The way that we talk to our family members, the way that we talk to our spouses, 
The way that you say something is even more important most times than what you say. I'm going to tread a little bit on dangerous ground here when I say this, but in, in, instead of telling your spouse uh, that, hey, I like that outfit on you today, uh, or in other words, I don't like that outfit on you, you frame your saying by saying, uh, honey, you look, you look great in everything you wear, but I kind of wished you would have wore this other outfit because I really like the way that looks. You know, that's just a nice way of saying, I don't like what you've got on today, right? So, uh, but it is much more received by the person you're talking to when you make it about them, when you frame it in a way that, that makes it more pleasant to hear. The way you frame a question is, is, uh, to your children is very important. Instead of telling your kids, hey, you have to eat all your vegetables before you get up from the table, you can give them a choice. You frame the question, you say, would you rather eat your vegetables or never come out of your room for the rest of your life. It's all in how we frame that question. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 1, going through verse 3, says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. The world's that we see were framed by the Word of God. In Genesis chapter 1, the world was created by God speaking everything into existence. And that's an awesome power. It's something that we can't comprehend. The fact that our God spoke everything that we see in His creation into existence. God framed the ocean into the place where He wanted it to be. He framed the stars into the place where He wanted them to be. He framed each planet where He wanted it to be. He framed the sun at the exact precise location it needed to be to give us warmth, to give us energy, but not to be so close that it destroyed us. Everything that God created, animals, us, the sky, the plants, everything that we see, He created through His words. Now, the same Word of God that, that framed the oceans, that, that framed the stars, can frame our lives also. It, it can shape and create our lives in a way that God created this world. But we ask ourselves a question, you know, what can I do? What, what, how can this happen? How, what can I do to allow God's words to frame my life in the way that He wants them to? There are great reminders in Hebrews chapter 11... Uh, and and these things are, are framed by two powerful verses. Uh, there are those among us, there are those in this world who have become fatigued in their faith. There are those who have who have gotten tired. And it's up to us as as God's people, as Christians, to encourage these people. Hebrews chapter eleven Verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So what if my life, what if the life that I live every day could be framed by the Word of God? What, what if I could change the way I looked at my life? What if I could change my circumstances? What if I could change the decisions that I made? You know, what if I could view my life the way that God views my life? 
You know, how, how can I live in a way that my life is framed by the Word of God? Those, those are questions that we ask ourselves. We want to improve ourselves every day. We want to become better Christians. And these are questions that we have to ask ourselves. These are things that we have to address in our lives if we want to become better Christians. First of all, it's, it's all in our frame of mind. It's in our focus. This morning, I, I told the, the, our teenagers in class that it was kind of odd that that our, our class time this morning was spent talking about focus. And we, we talked about fear. And we talked about fear being uh, impacted by what we are focused on in life. A lot of times we focus on things in life and we allow these things to cloud our lives, to cloud our minds. We focus on the things that don't matter. Uh, we, we focus on people that drive us crazy. We focus on things that just really get under our skin. But what would happen if we reframed our focus? What would happen if we were to pay attention in other areas? Um, faith is, is powered by focus. The faith that we have in our lives is powered by the focus that we have on God's Word, the focus that we have on the promises that God has made to us as His people. Peter was walking on the water. And, you know, that that's just unimaginable to me. And, and I talked to the kids this morning about this. I said, you know, I can't imagine what it would feel like, you know, to, to know that you were walking on, on something that was not meant for you to walk on. I mean, we, we've walked barefoot on carpet. We've walked barefoot on pavement. We, we've walked and we've, we've, we've come into contact with these different surfaces. But walking on water, that would be a completely different thing that, that I, none of us have ever experienced. When Peter had his focus on Jesus, what happened? He walked on the water. Everything was great. Everything was fine. But what happened when Peter allowed those things that were outside of his focus to creep in and take his attention away? He began to sink, right? Hebrews chapter 2, or excuse me, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says, looking under Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, we need to frame up our lives and we need to change what we're looking at. If we want to change our circumstances, if we want to change the way we make decisions in life, if we want to change the way people see us, if we want to change the type of Christian we are, then we need to frame up our lives and we need to change what our focus is on. When life gets hectic, what happens most of the time? We back down. We, we become afraid. But when we start to feel stressed, when we start to feel annoyed, when we start to worry, we have God to turn to. We need to put our focus upon God. You know, there are so many things. I told the kids this morning, I said, you know, the devil doesn't always throw things in front of us that are big obstacles in life. A lot of times he uses small things. He uses things that, 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 that just, just one little thing that is a victory for him. If he makes us uh, become complacent where we are as Christians. That's a victory to Him because we're not advancing as God's people. We're not growing in our spirituality and in our faith. We need to focus on what we need to see because focusing is, is what we choose to see. It's focusing on things that we want to see, the things that we need to see is where we begin to grow spiritually. Think about how you usually frame your day. How do you focus on your day? What, what do you say to yourself when you get up in the morning? Or when you get to, to school, to work, or whatever it is, and, and you experience something that, that was unforeseen? 
Uh, a lot of times we say this is going to be a long week, right? This is going to be a long day. Well, if that's our attitude, that's how we frame that day, that's how we frame that week, well then sure, it's going to become that way to us. David said, this is the, the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, David didn't know at that point in time what there was to rejoice about. He didn't know exactly what was going to happen that day, but what David did know was the Lord had given him another day. The Lord had made a day and had given that day to David, and he was going to find something in that day to be rejoiceful or to be to rejoice about and be thankful for, to be glad about. If we're struggling in our lives to live by faith, we need to focus on what's in our frame. Um, a lot, as I said earlier, a lot of a lot of the photos that we have taken in the time that we have been married, taking pictures of our kids and, and things, we we have stored those away, but there are always a few that, that are good enough that you want to display those. And we do our best to make people focus on those. I have several pictures that, that I had taken of the kids and, and uh, I built some special frames for those pictures and those are frames that actually grab your attention when you walk in. One of them is a, actually a window out of one of the old buildings in the downtown mall that had been torn down. I think it was uh, Elmore's, I believe, if I'm not wrong, the other one is something I made out of fence boards. But those are things that grab your attention. They cause you to focus on what I intended for you to see. If you're struggling to live by faith in your life, then you need to begin to focus on what's in your frame. Maybe it's possible that we need to change what's in our frame. Uh, maybe we need to change what we're focusing on most. We need to look to Jesus. We need to give thanks. We need to rejoice just as David did. Another thing we need to do is, another thing that frames do, is they, they give us reference and they give us perspective. Sometimes we get too focused on certain situations or struggles and we forget that life is still going on around us, right? Uh, no matter how hard your problem is, the world continues to turn. People continue to do the things that they do and, and things continue to happen in this world. A Hebrew writer gives us uh, a look into this, and he gives us a frame of reference. When he writes about all of those who, who lived by faith, all of those who endured, those who trusted God throughout the tough times in their lives and all the crazy situations that, that happened with these people. This clock is going off. Okay. I guess that means I need to hurry. No, i got just enough time. But anytime uh, all of those crazy situations begin to happen, those people begin to, to show their faith. They remain strong in God. Sometimes we need to get outside and we need to get ab above our frame and remember how good God has always been to us, how faithful He's always been to us, even through those tough times, times that we didn't want to face in our lives. God never left us. He never forsook us. Sometimes we need to be reminded that other people in this world are suffering. And we need to be reminded that, that their suffering is greater than the suffering that we're going through at times. You know, David, when he fought Goliath, he used the time that he fought a lion and the time that he fought a bear to have faith that he could defeat Goliath. If we were to look at that situation and, and even those who were around him when he volunteered for that, looked at that as an insurmountable situation. There, there was no way this young boy was going to defeat such a great warrior. 
But David chose what was inside his frame. He chose to focus on the fact that he had conquered things that most people had not before. He had conquered things that were greater than he was before. And this was just another test in his faith. If Jesus could make it through the cross, then I can make it through this crisis. You know, we have to, again, realize that, that suffering has always been a part of life and, and that many people have suffered greater things than we have. Sometimes we get so focused on one moment that we forget that all of life is somehow connected. You can give away your soul for one moment and, and forget what a lifetime of faithfulness brings. Uh, I think sometimes we allow ourselves to get, to get down because we make mistakes. We fail. We fall. And it's difficult for us when we become afraid and when we lose faith to find ourselves back in a position where we need to be. You know, there are times that I need to remember. There are times that we need to remember that life is much greater than we are. There are times that we need to remember that God has always been faithful just as He said He would. If God is for us, who can be against us? Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 tells us that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nothing is impossible if we have faith. Is everything always going to turn out the way we wanted it to? No. Is everything always going to turn out the way we planned it? No. Uh, in a part of a lesson recently, I think it was this past Wednesday night, I discussed with our uh, teenagers how we can plan and plan. We can look at, at every possible situation in life that we can imagine. And we can plan what our response will be to that. But you know what? There's always a situation in life that you didn't plan for. There's always something that happens that you had no idea was coming. You didn't see it coming. Not at all. Sickness. Pain. These are all things that, that no one hopes for. They're all things that we, we never see coming. You know, we've dealt in our congregation, in my family, we, we've all dealt with loved ones who have become ill. We've all dealt with things in our life that are inexplainable. We've all dealt with things that we thought we were prepared for, but all of a sudden here they are and we have no idea what to do. What's inside our frame? What is our focus? Is our focus on our problems or is our focus on a solution, a way of dealing with that problem? Our goal as Christians is to see life through a frame of faith is to take faith in our lives and turn it into a frame. And we need to put everything in our life that we need to focus on and that we need to make important inside that frame. Our goal in life is to approach each crisis, each situation that we face in life and remember the power of God. Remember the power that God used to create this world and everything that's in it. And remember that God also used that same power to create me. When we frame our lives through God's Word, 
it's a very powerful thing. It's a life-changing thing when we make that decision that we are going to focus on our lives, that we're going to allow God's Word to be that frame in our life, and we're going to put everything that matters to us inside that frame. Do you need to, to refocus your life? Do you, do you need to change your frame of mind? Do you need to block out some distractions that have come into your life? Do you need to change how you frame each day? You know, as I said before, the day's going to go pretty much how you framed it to be. Whatever your attitude is, is, is how you're going to face your day. Do you need to zoom in on certain things in life, or do you need to zoom out and completely change your frame of reference? Do you need to remember that God's faithfulness in your life and His ability to lead you through the difficult times in your life, to see you through those times, to help you get over those times, do you need to remember that God has that power? Or do you need to give your life to Christ? Maybe you're with us today and you've never made that decision. There's a way to give your life to Christ. And it's through baptism and through obeying His will. I know a lot of people have questions. A lot of people have thought about these things in their lives and have thought about making these decisions. There are plenty of people in here that can guide you in that direction. But let me, let me tell you to, to study. Let me tell you to, to know what you're doing. Let me tell you to pay attention to what God's Word says. Learn why you should do these things. The Word of God will work on your heart. It always has. It always, it's always had that power and it always will have. Um, you know, the Word of God is what it is. It's our choice as, as people on this earth to accept it or reject it. We can't accept part of it. Because if we've accepted only a part, then we've rejected the whole. The Word of God has the power to convict you of your sin. It will show you where you're wrong. And it's going to lead you, ultimately, if you believe it and if you have faith in the fact that it is true and it is God's inspired Word, and you will submit yourself to what it says, it will ultimately lead you to your salvation. And it's going to change the way you look at life. The worlds were framed by the Word of God. Your world can be framed by God's Word also.